Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, hello. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. I'm feeling fall in the air. Oh, it's nice and cool oh, out. I love it so much. Cooling down. We've yes. got a great seven-day forecast ahead of us. Sweater weather, sweatshirt weather. Yes. Evenings are nice on the patio and love on the porch it. now. Oh, so good. I'm starting to see some leaves start to change. Yeah. I, let's let's just slow, slow it down. Let's just Seeing some fall back. off the trees. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing. Great time yeah. of year. Favorite season of the year. Um, it's a classic Monday edition of uh, the Donna and Steve experience, which means at 1130 today, we are going to play a game we haven't played in a couple of weeks called Cover Story. This is where DJ Rock Lobster comes in and he finds a song that's been covered by a bunch of artists. And then he does this really cool mashup of all these different artists singing it sequentially. And then you have to identify as many names as possible. It's a game that Donna Valentine has never won. But today could be her day, and many people will stick around for that. It's going to be your day, Donna. Thank you. It's going to be your day. Let's go, Donna. Uh, 10.30, we play the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. 9.30, we will get into uh, the surprising news regarding the Drew Barrymore show. That's at 9.30 today. Very surprising. And then uh, the latest on the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show kerfuffle. We'll let you know what some other staffers are saying after the negative Rolling Stone article came out um, about the culture and workplace environment there at the Tonight Show. So that's at 9.30. Yep. Uh, But we begin, today is uh, September 11th, 2023, which means it was... 22 years ago, and it was, boy, right around um, this time that the attacks of 9-11 happened. Uh, I feel like I've asked you this before, Donna. Where were I? Where were where you? Were I? Where were I? Where were you? I was you? on the air. You were on the I air. I was on the air watching it happen on the TV set in the studio, and it was shocking. So it you're was, doing music radio at that point. Yeah, uh, we you're, stop you're, everything. Okay, so what... At what point did you guys say, like, oh, we can't go to the next song or whatever the next bit is? Like, we need to awkwardly talk about what we're seeing. I think when we saw the second plane, we thought we were watching a replay Mm -hmm. and realized that is not a replay of the first tower. That is something new. And we just kept going. It was a morning show. So we talked more than normal music afternoon radio. Right. You know? And uh, it was shocking. I was just, you know, my whole family's basically in that side of the country. Right, right. And my sister-in-law worked at ABC in New York, and she was traveling for work. Mm, And then mm. panic set in because I thought she was heading to, to Pennsylvania, and then we see... Flight 93. And then I'm just losing my mind at that point, terrified. Yeah. That... I was going to lose a family member in this, you know, 
event. So do you talk about it that morning on the radio? Do do people call in? Are you reaching out to people? Or are you like are you still playing music and then it coming the back and saying... It was the end of the show. So, okay. so it was basically the end of the show. And I'm pretty sure we went to news. Yeah. And we just let sure. the news take over the radio station. You know, the the feed from whatever network right, we right. were watching. Yeah, I was a senior in high school that year, and I remember because, so we're in high school, and um, at one point, we were in our first period class, as I recall, and uh, one of the teachers, there's like a knock at the door, teacher steps out, sort of like a few-minute conversation, teacher comes back in, and we finish the class. Then we we change periods, there are only a few minutes left, we change periods and go up to um, the next class, and I remember the teacher came in, Mr. Rosio, and like a scene in a movie, he said, today, September 11th, 2001, is a day that you will never forget. And then he started to explain to us what he, what was happening mm-hmm. as best he knew it. Ugh. Flight 93 had gone down in Pennsylvania. Our school was in western Pennsylvania. So we did what anybody would do at that point. And we were like, I guess we should lock the school down as though we were the next target. But you don't know what to do. You, don't, so know, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And so they locked down the school and... um and then it was just, you know, that day, uh, it was around lunchtime. I remember going up and remember I told you I would always butt into the faculty lunches yes. and I'd sit down with them. And so I went in and uh, one of the teachers was talking about how the buildings, you know, had come down. And at that point, you were thinking there must be 25,000 people that are dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it, we lost over 3,000 people that day which is a tragedy by any measure and an mm-hmm. extreme one at that. But there was a point earlier in that morning, if you remember the the, the mass destruction and the, the immediacy of it, and then the watching those buildings come down where you thought everyone within a city mile must be hurt by this building imploding mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. itself. Um, it oh. was just so crazy. My, one of my favorite things after that was sort of a, a silver lining to all of that was, and we've talked about this before, but how united we felt as a country mm-hmm. for this moment in time. It didn't matter what political side you were on. It didn't matter what political issue you were most right. it was passionate a human about. It was thing. a human thing. It was yep. an American thing. And there were, uh, remember how many American flags you would see on antennas yes, of cars? Yes, of cars. Yes. Everywhere. Yes. There were just American flags everywhere. And so there was this, that was such a unique thing that I had never experienced before and we haven't experienced since and God forbid us ever needing to unite in that way because it's generally tragedy that precedes it. Right. But that right. Was a, it was a really interesting Yeah, I remember time. driving home from work and everybody in their cars had their hands over their mouths. As they were listening. Listening to yes. the coverage of that. Holly, were you in Minnesota? I was. And I was in high school too, like Steve. And we actually had to leave school early. They closed it down because my high school was right next to the regional air traffic control center. Oh, wow. So they made the decision, you got to leave. And so we all, all of our cars went single file out of the high school. Oh, my gosh. And uh, and my parents worked at uh, MSP at that time. Oh, right. Both of them in the airline industry. Right. And them just being like, wow. Um, the whole thing shut down, just completely yeah. shut down. Yeah. You know, today and, would be a good idea. There's so many really good documentaries mm-hmm. on this, especially for like maybe 
high school, college kids who didn't experience. Yeah. Yeah. High school, this. college. That's a good age. I'm thinking of uh, the one we watched on HBO Max a couple of years ago. On there the was 20th a few anniversary. Of but you remember there was one that had harrowing footage of cameras rolling inside of one of the towers. And it was before, obviously, before the buildings had come down. But you heard, they just kept hearing people yep. jumping from the burning building. And it was, it, it showed you a side of that day. You sort of knew that that had happened. There was video that you had seen. But, I mean, you were hearing the bodies slam yes, into I saw the that one. roof was, above yes. them. That was a multi-part documentary. And that came out, I believe it was two years ago, Fantastic. on the 20th anniversary. Well but yeah, you're right. There, there are a lot that are really good. Also, if, if you are a uh, reader and... Um, you want to go back on a sort of look into that time. It is called the okay, the only plane in the sky. Mm-hmm. I'm I only ever finished like half of it. That's a me problem, not a book problem. The book is good. It's an oral history of nine eleven through the viewpoints of many many different people. Um, but yeah, and then you remember we're up out of time now. But they mention this in in the book. They mention this in those documentaries too. So many of us remember the weather. On September Beautiful 11th, day. and we share the memory because it was called a, like a hyper clear, which is a rare weather Gorgeous. event. So everybody in the United States looked up that day <clears throat> and saw crystal clear, blue, yep. blue skies, which juxtaposed the tragedy yeah. all the more. So totally. anyway, um, remembering those that we lost in 9-11. Yeah. So uh, with that, we will let's move some things around here. When we come back, let's talk a little, do a little weekend recap. Um Obviously, this much less important than what we just talked about, but it was the kickoff of the NFL season. Not the kickoff a lot of folks, especially here in Minnesota, were looking for, or Pittsburgh for that matter, my hometown. Uh, so we'll dig into that a uh, little bit of the weekend highs and lows. When we return, Don and Steve on my talk. Hey, friends, what's up? Stevie Boy for my buddies at the Canopy Group. We were just talking about fall at the very beginning of the show. Oh, gosh, feels good, doesn't it, here in Minnesota? You get the leaves, they start to change colors. Kids back in school, apples are ready for picking. Oh, yeah, we just got a bunch of apples yesterday, actually. Uh, so what do apples and insurance have in common? That's a good question. Well, when it comes to getting an insurance quote, many people, they want an apples-to-apples apples comparison. But the Canopy Group, they can't do that. And there's a thing that's to your advantage in all of this. Let me explain it. The Canopy Group, they believe their clients deserve only the best insurance coverage for the best price. Pretty simple. That's why they only offer clients combined single-limit coverage. That's really the best. Most captive carriers, they only offer what's called split limit coverage, like 100 over 300. Well, that type of coverage leaves you open to gaps and on the hook at claim time, and that doesn't sound good to them, shouldn't sound good to you. At the Canopy Group, they are often able to increase coverage from split limit to combined single limit and save you money. What does all that mean, Steve? You get better coverage, you get it at a better price. Doesn't cost you a dime. Just go to thecanopygroup.com. Hello, welcome back. Thank you for listening. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Donna Valentine and Steve Patterson, along with producer Holly Roberts. Hey, Dee. Hey, Steve. Happy Monday. Yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, my God. Nice out there. Sure is, Steve. I'm going to exercise today. Great. And then it's Uber. It's one. It's an Uber day, Donna. I may as well drive Uber. On a day like today. This is what happens when you got kids who are in activities, Here's right? Here's what I have found, though. Because I've heard people say, don't get your kids over-involved in activities. Well. But all it takes, once you start having more uh, more kids, um, it just takes each kid being interested in one thing. 
You got to make like a family schedule, you know, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's when Gray goes to practice. Yeah. Tuesday, Thursday. Monday is our day where Lou said, this is the day she had to give me like a big boy talk. Like, listen, you need to get your mind right and your your attitude right. Mondays are going to be very busy days. And so dance starts at 430. Grayson's got football at 515. Lila has two hours of dance. Then after we pick Lila up, we drop Adeline off for three hours of dance. So from 4.30 until 9.30, it's just a lot of pong. And right before the pong comes the ping. How do you remember all of this? It's on a calendar, um, which Excellent. is which is helpful. I saw this thing. There is a, um, there's a new calendar that you can hang on your wall coming out. It's called Hearth Something. H-E-A-R-T-H something. But it's like, imagine if you could put on your wall a big smart screen. It's framed. Oh, cool. And it's just your calendar. And you can sync up different calendars. So that way you can walk by at a glance and in smart screen style, but in a big, maybe 24 by 36, big old calendar on your wall. Maybe not quite that big. And then you can quickly um, look and say, oh, okay, this is what's going on today. Those visuals help me. Oh. Scheduling is just my weakness. It makes me you stressed need a immediately. Personal assistant. Chat GPT, please. Hmm. How about them Vikings? Yeah, I accidentally had the Steelers game on okay. at, at the lodge, which is what I call my kitchen. And then I went, oh Are the Steelers gosh. playing the Vikings? What's happening? And then I was like, There's no Vikings. Did you ever find the Vikings? I found the Vikings. How long did that problem take you? Just about a minute or so? Less than a minute. That's good. Okay. Yeah, it just took me a second. You know, but YouTube yeah, the Vikings TV were on is... CBS. That's that's the thing. The Vikings were on CBS. Usually, they're on Fox, which is what I an right. NFC team. That's an NFC dominant schedule. Uh, but they were a part of the AFC schedule yesterday. So meaning they played an AFC team. Oh no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They played the Bucks. What's up with that? Ooh-wee. Everything I just said, that entire argument is now gone. CBS is traditionally AFC games, Fox traditionally NFC games, but that was a full blown NFC game. I don't know what to tell you. I don't either. Meanwhile, they lost. They lost. But they lost only by three. You know, you don't want to start with a loss. That's kind of tough. That's a bummer, but they it's lost fine. by three. It's fine. We it's went early. down to the uh, to the Steeler Bar at McGovern's in St. Paul. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Why'd you do that? You could have watched it on TV. I understand that, Donna. I didn't go to see the game. I went to be a part of the atmosphere. Oh, to be a communal experience. I see. I see. And I had told my son and nephew at the end of last year, we'll be here for opening day. And we were, there were 163 people there, oh, Steeler wow. fans on the top floor of McGovern's. It was great, Why great atmosphere. Why Mc- McGovern's hosting a Steeler's um, I don't know. It's just, thing. I think the restaurant that they use now, I think they've done some different ones. This is the Steeler fans of Minnesota. They've been around since the 80s. And I think that they okay. have gone to different places before, but this is their current stomping grounds. We got there like 10 minutes late. 
and it was uh, it was just like packed. packed. So th- they were able to find a seat. Anyway, point is, we got the, we. I'm sorry, I'm a Steelers fan. First, everybody, don't shoot me. It's fine. Um, but the Steelers got absolutely destroyed. I notice you're wearing Green Bay Packer colors, Donna. Today. This what? is a green shirt. Don't do that. <laughs> Although the Packers did win. But, oh, they just got destroyed. There were hardly any opportunities to even cheer. I mean, destroyed. So everybody's there all dressed up in their Steelers gear. And it was just like a wah-wah. I'm sorry. First kind of a week. It was fine. It was fine. Exciting sports news over the weekend. Coco Goff won the U.S. Open at the age of 19. That's amazing. Only 19 years old. And she won um, her first major. Many people thinking this could be the beginning of the Coco Goff era of women's tennis, where she's so good, so young, reminiscent specifically of Serena Williams. What is wrong? What's what, Why <laughs> are you giving know, me that stupid tone. face? Your tone today is just very, I'm going to use my polite phone voice <laughs> for the first t- hour of the show. I'm not and using it- my polite phone voice. <laughs> I'm just telling you things. <laughs> You've just got a very like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. About you today. Well, we we were talking about nine eleven at the beginning, so no, I'm not going to bring out my slide whistle. No. <laughs> and now you know that we're I talking understand. about sports stuff. Okay, all right. And then I told you during the break. I said I'm going to buy headphones today, and you were like, "Oh, that's good." And you didn't even realize you like rolled your eye. I was watching you. I did you. not roll my eyes. They rolled. I'm very excited for you. Also, you know what's interesting? That this job, you have to bring your own headphones. It would be like if you took an office job and they were like, hey, don't forget to bring a keyboard in. Well, the thing is, there are headphones that could be provided to us, but they're garbage. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to step it up a little, you got to buy your own. All right. I got to take a break. Hey, Maddie B is not with us today. Let's talk about that Drew Barrymore story. Yeah, sort of raise some eyebrows to tell you about the Drew Barrymore show. That next. Donna, for Profile Plan, this is... An amazing nutritional weight loss program that is designed by doctors and researchers and nutritionists, so people who know what they're talking about. And what they do is they used the uh, they use the latest nutrition science. This way, you are pretty much guaranteed to succeed. Profile Plan has easy to follow food plans. These include delicious profile foods. Plus, healthy stuff from the grocery store. So it's really easy to stay on track. Their nutrition bar is so good. My favorite is the cinnamon. Um, their shakes are amazing. They just came out with their pumpkin spice right now. So good. Um, and, you know, if you're serious about losing weight, you want to lose the weight in time for the holidays, definitely check out Profile Plan now. I'm not hungry. And if I have any challenges, I talk to my coach. She's amazing. Her name is Rachel. Shout out to Rachel. Go to Profile Profileplan.com slash Twin Cities. Tell them Donna Valentine sent you. Hello. Welcome back. You're listening to Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Don't forget it's a Sea-Doo Monday where we give away one Sea-Doo jet ski. That coming up at 10 o'clock. Steve, I don't think legally you can say that. All right. Well, thank you for saying Unless what you, you feel just like said. buying a, a Sea-Doo. I just bought headphones. Sea-Doo or Ski-Doo? Sea-Doo. Sea-Doo. S-E-A-D-O-O. Okay. You think I want to pony up for the prize closet, Donna? I just bought cans. Isn't that what you radio vets say? Yeah. Hey, what kind of cans do you got? Nice cans. Nice cans to go with your pipes. 
And the cans <laughs> is a reference to headphones. That's right. I've never said that in my life. Really? It's usually a dude saying things like that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hey, man, did you see my cans? I got to get into more dude radio circles where I can hang out. I don't know any dudes in radio. You don't need I to. I know no people in media. Don't worry about it. They wouldn't like you. Hey, wait, what? <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't like You're them. You're not dude enough. Thought I could what? be dude. Look at me. See this polo shirt I've got on? I got it on Sheehan. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, it's pretty nice. It doesn't feel nice. It feels like I'm wearing oh, it's uh, a, a wedding napkin. <laughs> you know, like it's a kind of up. It's a nice napkin, but it makes for a bad shirt. Oh, gotcha. It looks good. All right. Anyway, I digress. All right. Um. So what's going on with Drew Barrymore? Well, the Drew Barrymore show is coming back. Uh, the Writers Guild will plan to picket the show, but Drew says, look, I own this choice. We are in compliance with not discussing or promoting film and television that is struck of any kind. But then what kind of show do you have left? Well, um, I don't know. Shows are still able to continue. See, a show can continue. Um, it would be a non-struck show if they didn't have any union writers on the show. Uh, okay. All right. Yes. So, like, for yes. instance, Live with Kelly and Mark, they've been in production. They're still in production, kicked off their new season. They don't have any union writers on a show. That's an unscripted show. So there is a... So now the with Drew Barrymore... I think the Tamron Hall show is another show that is just no union writers and just is still moving on. Uh, the mm. unique thing is here is that they actually stopped production before the strike happened, before it started. So way back when their season had ended. Oh, so got they, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's not like okay. they were doing, okay, we're going to be with you here. This is what we're going to do. It was just, this is their season ended. So then they weren't in production. But now she has decided to bring it back. And it's, you know, turning some heads. I mean, they're going to have picketers now because they are saying that this is a struck show. And um, so to have her coming back, they're like, well, wait a minute. But she she went out. She put out a full statement um, and just said, like, I, I appreciate her saying I own it. She said, I made a choice to walk away from, you might remember this, the MTV Film and Television yes. Awards because I was the host and it had a direct conflict with what the strike was dealing with, which was studio, streamers, film, and television. It was also in the first week of the strike, and so I did what I thought was the appropriate thing at the time, to stand in solidarity with the writers. And to be clear, our talk show actually wrapped on April 20th, so we never had to shut the show down. However, I'm also making the choice to come back for the first time in this strike for our show Hmm. that may have my name on it, but is bigger than just me. She went on to say, I own this choice. We are in compliance with not discussing or promoting film and television that is struck of any kind. We launched live in a global pandemic. Our show was built for sensitive times and has only functioned through what the real world is going through in real time. I want to be there to provide what writers do so well, which is a way to bring us together or help us make sense of the human experience. I hope for a resolve for everyone as soon as possible. We have navigated difficult times since we first came on the air. Mm. And so I take a step forward to start season four once again with an astute humility. Those are the words now, of Drew Barrymore. But now her guests have to cross a picket line if she wants an audience. Literally. Also, Steve, I think she does have union writers on staff that are striking. I think that is That is the what case. the WGA is saying. Yep. That the Drew Barrymore show is a 
WGA signatory, meaning that they go and they hire people in the Writers Guild. Also, to Hmm. your point, I don't know mm, the makeup of the crew of the Drew Barrymore show, but other unions, production unions, are in solidarity with the WGA, with SAG-AFTRA. So Mm. if that is the case, and I can't confirm that, are they willing to cross the picket line right. in order to show up at work? Yeah, I I don't know about this. I don't think this is good for her. One of the, one of the interesting things is hmm. how, how you start. So going back to Drew Barrymore's point, and she's saying, again, if you're just tuning in, that her show's going to come back. Even though it's considered to be a struck show, they will kick off season four and work around not having writers. Um, this is not unprecedented, as my memory serves, with other writer strikes. If you go back to the last writer strike, let's go back to like the early mid two thousands, um, where you had late night shows that opted to continue to make shows. They did it without writers. Remember, Conan O'Brien would do. Uh, a bit on his show every night without writers, how long could he spin a quarter on his desk? (laughs) And so that was a, people have done this before as it pertains specifically to writers. So it's not unprecedented that a show says, hey, writers, go get what you need to get. We need to take care of the rest of the people that aren't writers on the staff. And so we're going to continue. Late night shows have done that before. The difference here, in my opinion, is... It looked like they didn't like they weren't making shows, so it looks like an about face. But just to defend Drew Barrymore here, they never stopped production for the strike anyway. You know what I mean? But it looks like that, right? Because this would be the time that they would normally come back, and they had yeah. already stopped before. So you're like, why aren't there new Drew Barrymore shows? Oh, the writer strike. No, it's because the no. season was done, right? But the optics of it look a little interesting um well, and, and i think she's the only show maybe the only show that is doing this you know that do is you pushing forward think she's gonna have guests that are willing to align with this i i do and here's why i just think that there are agents in rooms in hollywood holly weird right I don't I don't love love it. It. where you they're saying hey look uh mr b-lister miss b-lister there's not, it's not a crowded scene right now. People are still watching TV. This is an agent conversation. People are still watching TV. People in Iowa don't care about the strike as much as people in Burbank do. And so you have an opportunity to be a guest on a show that's going to get three or four million viewers. Go on it. Because once this strike is lifted, agent says to be list client, you're not going to be on the invite list. You won't be the first. There is that. You that's an interesting now. angle. So that's yes. my point is that I think, yes. They will get guests because you've got a lot of those conversations and agents and managers who are like, how do we how do we sneak in? She's also doing something new called Take Care Everywhere, which is going to tackle questions that maybe are too uncomfortable to ask your own doctor. So she's going to be doing a little more lifestyle stuff, which I, I mean, I don't know. Holly, what do you think about this? <laughs> I just think it's a big mistake for Drew Barrymore to do this. To your point, Steve, going off of agents and managers talking to their clients, well, 
you're crossing that picket line. I wish you good luck trying to find jobs in the future that will be noted on your permanent record, so to speak. Um, because SAG-AFTRA is in solidarity with the WGA, as are other unions. And the whole point of a strike is to make things uncomfortable so that you are able to negotiate and you are able to resolve this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking this about... This makes it more difficult. This makes it more difficult for the bottom line negotiations to happen. Also, nobody, no writer is going to want to ever work for Drew Barrymore or their show ever again. And... It takes professionals to make this stuff happen. And one of the points in that people are protesting, specifically in the realm of talk shows, is that uh, writers are saying that they're being nickeled and dime writing for these talk shows and variety shows, and they're not able to make a living wage. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, w- I disagree with the the future casting of people not wanting to work there. I, I, I understand that point which is you're crossing a picket line that's different than going on to other shows that are still in production that are not struck shows right crossing a picket line certainly does add something but in terms of getting you know blacklisted the studios will still they're in power now and they'll still be in power after the strike and so for instance a producer can come to the table pitch a show and say here's judy i want judy to star but the studio gets the say whether the producer feels strongly about or not the studio the people who say i will give you the x amount of millions of dollars to pay for the show they have ultimate say in hollywood as far as who you see on your television screen who you see on your movie screen more than directors and more than producers and certainly more than writers so my point is um they might get i you might have to absorb some sharp elbows and you might have people who don't take kindly to you on set because they know that you crossed a picket line i don't know if it necessarily impacts their future work as long as the studios are in power. And I think that they will be moving forward. They're just going to want the best people for the job. I don't know that you're going to see big A-list people going on to Drew Barrymore and crossing the picket line where it's going to jeopardize it. But I bet you'll still see some of these B-listers who are just looking for screen time. And I also think, though, too, in labor negotiations, if you're a production and you're operating as a guild signatory, if you're SAG-AFTRA, and you violate SAG-AFTRA rules and you get kicked out of the union, you're not going to get a job. Right. There's so many layers to this. And let's not forget, I, I, I'm pretty sure Drew Barrymore owns her own production company. Right. Yeah. Happy you know, something. yeah, something with a flower. Yeah. Flower. Isn't she in a way? Flower <laughs> films. Isn't oh, Jim, yeah. uh, or Justin Jimmy Fallon is, is or, or his wife or something? Yeah. Is his a, wife is Drew Barrymore's co production yeah. partner. Mm-hmm. Got it. Fascinating. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I wonder. It'll be. It will be curious to see what, she, what I want to see what, what she's going to do. Yeah. Are on there if any guests are. Um, yeah, because again, the picket line. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> that, that's a. I've never crossed a picket line. That feels you know, like a scary place. My mom and I. Well, I was a kid, and we had to go to this store. It's, it was called Two Guys. Yeah. And she felt so bad and and people were like begging her, please don't cross the line. She's like, guys, I need a thermometer. I have a sick kid. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that. I didn't know what any of it meant, of course, because I was maybe seven or eight. Yeah. And I was like, what is a picket line? Yeah. Fascinating. I saw striking workers outside of a grocery store when I was a kid, too. And it was like, can we go there? What are they mad about? What's going on? It's a very... Interesting thing to see. It is.
By the way, speaking of small towns, we're up against time when I was at that uh, Steeler bar over the weekend. Sure enough, this guy comes and he's like, where Where are you from? Uh, I said, are you guys from Pittsburgh? He said, yeah, I'm from New Ken, New Kensington. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm from the Cherna Heights. What the heck? Then this other guy comes up and he's like, wait, you're from uh, New Ken and uh, like the Highlands area? And then he's like, yeah, I grew up in New Ken. Just like, oh, I, I feel like maybe this is your small town too of Garfield, New Jersey. But then the guy instantly goes, hey, do you know the Denuncios? Like Jimmy and Marty. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know Jimmy and Marty. Then of course. And I was like, oh, my God, what a Pittsburgh, small town say, America conversation. You say you're from New Jersey and someone's like, do you know Tony? <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, can we narrow that down? But they knew him. And then the last time, the first time I was there, I said, yeah, I grew up in Springdale. And he's like, do you know the Smotzers? I was like, yeah, I know the Smotzers. My grandma's good friends with Mrs. Smotzer. Oh, my God. Should we get pierogies? Oh, my gosh. We got to go. All right. Uh, when we come back, I want to tell you uh, why Mila. Kunis and Ashton Kutcher have issued an apology. Uh, we'll save it. We'll get into okay. it when we come right back on My Talk 1071. Hey, buddies. Stevie Boy. For Chanhassen Dinner Theaters. Uh, so much happening on stage there. Have you seen Jersey Boys? You heard me tell you about it. Uh, it is still on stage. Great time to get your tickets now. Look, I mean, the holidays are going to be here in no time. Maybe you want to plan a little holiday uh, outing at Chanhassen Dinner Theaters. Maybe you're already thinking of gift cards, things like that. You give us a gift. It's a great night. It's a great show. Such a talented cast. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, the music that you know and you love. You'll be singing along the whole way through. And the story is so well told. I really think you're going to love it. Tickets to ChanhassenDT.com. In addition, they've got a great concert series. Let's take a look. What's coming up here? Uh, how about this Tuesday through Saturday, as in starting tomorrow, taking it to the limit, a tribute to the Eagles. Then you've got the music of Patsy Cline coming up Sunday, this Sunday, September 17th. California Dream and the songs of Laurel Canyon uh, coming up next week. All sorts of fun to be had. Stevie Race Comedy Cabaret, Improv Comedy Friday and Saturday nights. Tickets for all of it. ShanhassenDT.com. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. Donna and Steve at your service on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Mm. I saw something. Okay. Saw a couple things actually. Okay. Well, this is the apropos time. To Thank say you. Something. Hey, if you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. So by now we all know that actor Danny Masterson, who starred in that 70s show, was sentenced to 30 years to life in prison for two rapes he committed in 2003. We also know that he was friends with Ashton Kutcher and his wife, Mila Kunis. They all star together on that 70s show. Mm -hmm. And apparently Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis um, received some backlash for writing character letters for Danny Masterson. And so now they put out a video in which they said we're aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. Um, and then they said, we support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. And then they went on to say that Danny Masterson's family reached out to them a couple of months ago and asked if they could write some letters to represent the person that they knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into consideration relative to sentencing. 
And Kutcher said the letters were intended for the judge to read and were not written to undermine the testimony of the victims or to re-traumatize them in any way. But apparently one of the victims um, thought it was really sick of them to do that. So I think they felt that they really needed to put out a statement uh, in the letter, Kutcher had said that he doesn't believe that his former co-star is an ongoing harm to society. Mila Kunis described Danny Masterson as an amazing friend, a confidant, and above all, an outstanding older brother figure figure to her. He demonstrates, you know, grace and empathy in every situation. And um, so on top of this now, so they released the statement apologize essentially apologizing Mm -hmm. for hurting the victims Mm -hmm. but now um this chrissy carnell bixler is her name one of uh, danny masterson's accusers is calling out ashton for making sexual comments about an underage hillary duff and now wife mila kunis the olsen twins um, she took to her Instagram story on Saturday to share some videos of Ashton Kutcher from the early 2000s and in a clip from 2003 in an episode of Punked, Ashton Kutcher said about a then 15 year old Hillary Duff. She's one of the girls that were all waiting to turn 18 along with the Olsen twins, you know, being a total bro mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, I think she, first of all, is very hurt, probably, and is saying, look at this guy's character. Let's take a look at him for a second. There's other stuff. She also shared old footage from the Rosie O'Donnell show where uh, Mila Kunis recalled Ashton Kutcher making a side bet with Danny Masterson when she was 14 years old. I didn't really, she was that young on that 70s yeah, show. did I. Um, you know, and it was kind of like a side bet where he was like, dude, I'll give you $10 if you French kiss her. So she's posting these videos now, and it'll be interesting if they respond to that, you know? Yeah. You ever known someone who committed a crime and went to prison? No. You? I don't look so surprised, by the way. Yeah, hang on. Let me gather myself. Um, let me mark off all the names I thought had done time <laughs> in your world. I mean, I know people who have been in trouble with the law, but nobody who's gone to prison. Yeah. Yeah, I do know someone. Um, I didn't know them well, but but I but I knew them. And so it was very surprising. And then you, you know, you see these two things. The reason why I ask is... Um, you know, I'm sure that that sentencing and that whole process for victims of rape is just so difficult. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I can only imagine, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just so mm-hmm. trying and so emotionally yeah. taxing. Something's and been ups. stolen from you, yes. you know? Oh, my gosh. And the, and the, the scar rest of tissue. your life, yes. Yeah, you know, I, I have nothing eloquent to say there other than uh, your heart, my heart breaks for them. Um the, the unique thing, you know, going back and finding old um, videos of boneheaded things in 
you know, inappropriate comments mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I don't know if that actually made it to the final cut of Punked or not, if that was like a part of the episode. I think it was. I oh, think it was. Yeah. Um, I just say, thank God there were no cameras when I was growing up. Yeah. Well, it's, I think the interesting thing is, so those things happened from 2001 to 2003. I guess I asked the question to the room. Now, writing a public letter, a letter they didn't know was going to be shared publicly, but still it's what they believe about their friend, Danny Masterson. You know, it's it's, it's kind of like the thing of can two things be true at the same time? Right. You know, where right. like this is the person you knew. Yeah. And this you know. is an awful thing that they did. Well, even if so, I mean, even, you know, if if you know that somebody did something and um, if you have seen actual change and growth and ownership you know, there's a, it's a very like, I think, I just think there's a, a touch of nuance to it. And I, and I understand where Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are coming from of like, whoa, if this comes across as us not supporting victims, that is not what we want. Right. We want right. to let you know we support the victims. Right. But I think if you have them on a lie detector, they're also saying, but we also, they, those two people, have a different experience that colors in their truth about who Danny Masterson is right. as well, not brushing aside what he has been convicted of, which right. is the awful crime that is rape. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah, that's why I started with you ever known anybody in prison? Because, you know, for people who do, they probably know two sides of a person that both sides feel very true to Right. Them, and I've know? actually written a letter to a judge before on behalf okay. of someone's character. Must so, have worked because they didn't go to prison, did they? They did not. Well, all right. Thank you, That's Steve. all we have. Bye now. All right, bye.